Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the March 6th, Monday, reading of the Loveland Reporter Herald. My name is Paula Vaughn. Taking a look at the front page of the Reporter Herald and starting with the five questions column, mixing meditation and money-making. Eric Halsapel has learned in his own life and career that business and mindfulness can work together. He's developed workshops to help more business people learn the value of meditation and what he calls mindful leadership. And on Tuesday, a book he's written on the subject will be published. Profit with Presence, the 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership, has already reached number one on Amazon's list of new releases about organizational change. Halsapel said he started learning yoga in 1993 while he was in college, and a couple of years later tried meditation. As he read more about Eastern philosophy, he gradually found that incorporating those practices in his own life and encouraging those he worked with to do the same helped increase both his happiness and his business success and that of those around him. Some business people may think mindfulness is not for them, and some people drawn to yoga and meditation may think you can't be an enlightened person and make money too, he noted. But Hulsapel, whose company developed the Thompson Valley Town Center and three local affordable housing developments, disagrees. It has to be okay to go to work and make money, he said. For those who think mindfulness and business don't mix, he points out the practice helps them focus, reduce stress, and be more efficient. He also encourages people to cultivate a mindset of generosity, to share what they have to help others. He said he looks at the world and sees how distracted and divided people are, but he thinks it doesn't have to be that way. His book offers what he calls 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership, developed as part of the Living in the Gap program. They start with three foundational goals. Be present, identify your purpose in life, and create clarity, vision, intention, commitment, and habits. From there, the other pillars encourage people to show up, practice non-judgment and compassion, foster relationships, create affluence and influence, give generously and serve, and more. Though the pillars in the middle section of the book had been formed during the time Halsapel has been working with his nonprofit, he wrote the remainder of the book during the pandemic. With a doctoral degree in economics and 20 years of teaching experience in the real estate program at Colorado State University, he had done his share of writing. But this is his, is his first book, and Halsapel said he learned a lot while writing it. Chapters on each of the pillars come with suggested exercises to help cultivate new practices. Halsapel said people can start with as little as two minutes a day of meditation and build a daily practice. It's simple, not easy, but simple, he said. The key is consistent practice. Halsapel added he encourages people to keep their new practice to themselves at first, since others can be skeptical. But eventually, they may find it's helpful to share it with others at work, creating a culture of other mindful people. And if it reduces stress at work, 
people won't carry as much frustration home to their spouses and children, so everyone benefits, he said. He said mindfulness helps with relationships, and when you have strong relationships in business, people you've helped will help you too. I found that good things come back to you, Halsapel said. You establish good karma, and, in my experience, it really does come back. Question 1. How do you explain mindfulness to people who don't know what it is? His answer, the most simple explanation is focus, and the mind is full of one thing you have chosen to focus on, and the exclusion of everything else. There are expansions, such as non-judgment, that improve focus, but at its core, mindfulness is focus. Question 2. Why do you feel mindful leadership has been of value to you in your life and career? His answer, I was successful early, but not happy or satisfied. Mindful leadership is where I found satisfaction and happiness while becoming even more successful and making a difference for others. Question 3. You've started the Living in the Gap, a nonprofit that offers mindful leadership training. What does the phrase living in the gap mean? His answer, there are a number of gaps, but primarily it's the gap between our thoughts. Stress and anxiety reside in our thoughts. Peace and joy reside in the gaps. Mindfulness can help to slow down thoughts and increase the gaps and thus increase peace and joy. Question 4. What would you say to people who feel they don't have time to meditate and develop mindfulness? His answer, start small and be consistent. We start people with two minutes of meditation. As the mind settles down, you start to increase the time, and you become more efficient with your time and more focused. Thus, you find more time to practice mindfulness. Try calendaring your time for two weeks to see what time you waste you will find you have a few minutes to practice mindfulness if you choose to make it a priority. And question five. You've written about how mindfulness can help with the deep divisions in society and can help people become part of the solution to problems in the world. Do you hope your book will help encourage that? His answer, yes. I believe all of our global issues are solvable if we work together to solve them. Rather than focusing on what we disagree on, we could focus on what we do agree on. Mindfulness is very helpful in relationships and listening, both critical skills that could help us begin to solve the issues. Again, this was an interview with Eric Halsapel. He's been in Loveland for 28 years. He's the founder and lead facilitator with Living in the Gap, a partner with LC Real Estate Group, and now an author. He is 65 years old. His book is Profit with Presence, The 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership, and it will be released Tuesday. You can live, learn more at his website, livinginthegap.org. Now turning to Front Range News and this article from Estes Park. Estes Park Hospital Affiliation on Ballot Taking a major step in its drive toward affiliation with a larger health care network, Estes Park Health's Board of Directors on Thursday voted unanimously to ask voters in its taxing district to approve a ballot measure allowing the board to enter into a multiple-year financial obligation that would be part of any affiliation agreement.
The ballot measure, which would be decided May 2nd by voters in the Park Hospital District, is necessary under Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, even though the issue itself would not raise taxes. Estes Park Health has been in discussions with other health care organizations about affiliation driven by the increasing demands of economic and market forces on smaller hospitals. We believe increased affiliation with a larger health care organization will occur at some point in the future, said Board Chairman David Beatty. Estes Park Health leadership is taking an active role in negotiating a future affiliation that accomplishes our goals, he said. We remain committed to providing excellent health care services that will address our community's health care needs for years into the future, said Beatty. In outlining the plan, Beatty joint pointed to the agreement between UC Health and Intermountain Healthcare in January to form a clinically integrated network as an example of the types of PACs hospitals are forming to meet this era's economic realities. In a PowerPoint presentation to the board, Beatty noted that, quote, nearly 30% of rural hospitals are at risk of near future closing due to persistent financial losses on patient services and low financial resources. Nearly 10% are at immediate risk of closing due to inadequate revenues to cover expenses and very low financial reserves, end quote. He also cited the increasing influence of narrow payer networks in which healthcare provider payments become increasingly dependent upon being a member of a specific payer network as well as significant and increasing capital requirements required to stay current with evolving medical technology. Beatty had told the board at its January meeting that more than 200 rural hospitals, similar to Estes Park Health, were at immediate risk of closing because of inadequate revenues to cover expenses and very low financial reserves. However, he said then, EPH had 133.5 days worth of cash on hand at the end of November and wasn't one of those at-risk facilities. The goals for future affiliation, according to Thursday's presentation, would include ensuring that the community's health care needs will be addressed now and years into the future, and putting reliable, excellent quality referral networks in place to provide excellent health care services EPH does not provide. The ballot language states, quote, without imposing any new tax or increasing any tax rate, shall Park Hospital District, doing business as Estes Park Health, be authorized to enter into one or more agreements constituting a multiple fiscal year financial obligation within the meaning of Article 10, Section 24B of the Colorado Constitution, with one or more nonprofit health care providers concerning the ownership operation and maintenance of all or any portion of the district's hospital and other health care and related facilities and assets, including the lease or other conveyance from the district of real and personal property, and to pledge all or any portion of the district's revenues pursuant to such agreements." End quote. The election was set for May, Beatty said, because under Tabor's provisions, the next opportunity would be November 7th this year or November 5th in 2024. Voters in the hospital's taxing district will, will also choose members of Estes Park Health's Board of Directors on May 2nd. 
Six people are running for three seats on the board. Incumbent board members Steve Alper and Bill Pinkham are running for re-election. Other self-nominated people seeking one of the four-year terms include Corey Workman, John Meissner, Todd Nardi, and Bridget Faust. The Park Hospital District was established in 1968. Estes Park Health was founded in 1975 as Elizabeth Knudsen Memorial Hospital. And in energy news from the Public Utilities Commission, Xcel Energy Colorado must file fees for solar hookups. Order comes after rules requiring charges be submitted, deluge of complaints about delays. State regulators have ordered Xcel Energy Colorado to file fees and timelines for connecting residential and business solar systems to the electric grid. The order comes more than a year after regulators approved rules requiring utilities to submit the fees and after a deluge of complaints about delays by Xcel. Xcel Energy's handling of applications from property owners and solar installers has come under scrutiny after complaints that waits for service stretched into several months. For the last several months, solar companies and customers said they faced long delays and few answers after investing in equipment and work. The Colorado Public Utilities Commission issued the order February 28th and gave Excel 45 days to file the fees and timelines, along with provisions for customer refunds if deadlines aren't met. In a February PUC meeting, Commission member Megan Gilman said the order would provide a path forward on addressing the unprecedented number of complaints about Excel's action on connecting solar systems. It's clear there needs to be more structure, there needs to be tighter oversight, and there needs to be financial incentives and penalties at play here because this is just plain not going well as it currently is, Gilman said. Excel Energy is an outlier in terms of no the number of complaints about delays and the process overall, said Ron Davis, a PUC staffer. He said Black Hills Energy, which, like Excel, is an investor-owned utility, filed its fees and information about hooking up smaller solar projects after the PUC approved the requirements to do so in July 2021. To my knowledge, Excel has no interconnection tariff on file with the Commission, Davis said. Excel Energy has received input on proposed fees in anticipation of filing of fees, company spokeswoman Michelle Argallo said in an e email. The previously approved rules didn't include a deadline, she said. Rooftop solar is a customer option that plays a meaningful role in reducing carbon emissions in Colorado, and we've been a strong partner. We've safely connected more than 85,000 customer solar systems to our grid in Colorado, Argallo said. Excel Energy acknowledged having a backlog of more than 4,000 interconnection applications in January. The company attributed holdups to a flurry of applications in 2022 due to increased federal and sta state tax incentives. It also blamed delays on incomplete or inaccurate applications. Agayo said Excel has cleared more than 90% of the backlog and expects to eliminate it early this month. State regulations require that a portion of the electricity sold by investor-owned utilities comes from renewable energy sources. The requirements include making room on the system for a certain amount of distributed generation, such as solar panels on homes or businesses, and community solar gardens. Mike Kruger, President and CEO of the trade group Colorado Solar and Storage Association said several solar installers have said they are seeing more applications approved.
We'll need to see their official proof, but I believe they have the backlog back to a minimal amount and, fingers crossed, we'll not see it go back up once the spotlight is off of them," Kruger said. And now turning to obituaries from Kibbe Fishburn Funeral Home, Dorothy Bright of Longmont, Memorial Service, 3 p.m. March 24th at Kibbe Fishburn Funeral Home. Brenda Mahoney of Loveland, Cremation. Bradley McClemory of Nunn, Cremation. Juanita Williams of Milliken, Cremation. No services are scheduled. From Vigat Funeral Home, Gerald Anastasian of Loveland, Celebration of Life to be Announced. Joseph Bolesta of Loveland, Celebration of Life April 13th, 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Berthed Brewery in Loveland. Go to Vigat Funeral Home's website, www.vigatfuneralhome.com, for online obituary and condolences. Claudia Lewis of Berthed Memorial, uh, of Berthed. The memorial service is Wednesday at 10 a.m. at Emmanuel Lutheran Church, with a reception following at the church. Inurement will be at Loveland Burial Park at 12.30 p.m. Wednesday. Laurel Love of Loveland. Cremation. No services. Jim Parks of Loveland. Arrangements are pending. And now taking a look at the calendar, we have an ongoing event. Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at House of Neighborly Service Life Center, 1511 East 11th Street in Loveland. Volunteers will help those who qualify fill out their tax forms for this year. First come, first served. Capacity depends on the number of volunteers available. This runs Mondays through Thursdays through April 18th. You can check out the website vitaloveland.org, V-I-T-A loveland.org for more information. And we have Larimer County Workforce Job Help Appointments available on Monday, today, from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Loveland Public Library, 300 North Adams Avenue in Loveland. Call 970-498-6600 to set up an appointment. And tonight, Monday night, is Texas Hold'em from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at Boise Tavern, 1475 North Boise Avenue, number 4 in Loveland. This is free. And on Tuesday, Sierpinski Tetrahedrons display from 4 to 5 p.m. at New Vision Charter School, 299 Peridot Avenue in Loveland. Students have built a large display of the geometric structures that people can view and learn about fractals. For information, contact Daryl Stolt at 970-214-6577 or email Daryl Stolt at D-A-R-Y-L-S-T-O-L-T-E at newvisioncharterschool.org. Tuesday we have a Hearts and Horses New Volunteer Orientation from 8 to 9 a.m. at Hearts and Horses Therapeutic Writing Center, 163 North County Road 29 in Loveland. Learn about different kinds of volunteer roles, how to get into training, what schedules look like, and get a tour of the property. You can contact Emmy Soika by email at volunteer at heartsandhorses.org or call 970 663 4200 
or visit the website heartsandhorses.org slash events. Also Tuesday, environmental education training from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Chilson Recreation Center, 700 East 4th Street in Loveland. Learn to present plants and places educational talks to second and third graders at Rivers Edge Natural Area. Register at the at the website of Faro, that's O-F-F-E-R-O, dot cityofloveland.org. Tuesday we have St. Matthew's Medical Clinic from 6 to 9 p.m. at House of Neighborly Service Life Center at 1511 East 11th Street in Loveland. This is a nonprofit faith-based organization established to provide free medical services to children and adults in the community with acute and chronic diseases. Appointments can be made by calling 970-624-3425 and leaving a message. Their website is stmatthewsmedicalclinic.org. Saint is spelled S-T. And there will be an open jazz jam session Tuesday night from 7.30 to 10 p.m. at Poor House 124 East 4th Street in Loveland with the Poor House Jazz Trio. Their website is poorhousecolorado.com and poor is spelled P-O-U-R. Tuesday bingo at 7 p.m. at Bingo Planet. 281 East 29th Street in Loveland. This benefits the Fort Collins Lions Club Charitable Activities. The cost is $8. For information, email info at fortcollinslions.org. And there is Brewery Bingo, Tuesday night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Big Thompson Brewery, 114 East 15th Street. That's 114 East 15th Street in Loveland. And it is free. For information, call 970-619-8138 or visit their website, bigtbrewery.com. And Free to Play Texas Hold'em will be Tuesday evening from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. at Mountain Cowboy Brewing Company, 6402 Union Creek Drive in Loveland. For information, call 720-937-4691. And we have preschool story time from 10 to 10.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning at Loveland Public Library, 300 North Adams Avenue in Loveland. This is for up to age 5, and it is free. You can check out all the story times on the website lovelandpubliclibrary.org slash events. And looking at club notes, the Loveland Lions Club meets in person at noon most Wednesdays at the Golden Corral, 1360 Sculptor Drive in Loveland. At the March 8th meeting, the group will hold a speech contest for Thompson School students. For club details, leave a message at 970-593-1726 or visit the website lovelandlionsclub.org. And the Loveland Rotary Club meets in a hybrid format, both by Zoom and in person, 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tuesdays at Mountain View Presbyterian Church, 2500 North Garfield Avenue in Loveland. For details, email John Kinchy, Club Secretary, at rotaryloveland at gmail.com or visit the website lovelandrotary.org. The National Active and Retired Federal Employees will meet at 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. Tuesday, March 14th at the Loveland Public Library, Arian Room, 300 North Adams Avenue. Cara Pappas of the McKee Wellness Foundation will give a presentation. For more information, contact Tom Cherry at 970 
and Sons of Norway. Steinfeld Lodge will meet at noon Saturday, March 11th at Zion Lutheran Church, 815 East 16th Street in Loveland. This organization is open to all who have an interest in Norwegian heritage. The March program is based on the book The Shetland Bus, a World War II epic of courage, endurance, and survival. A light refreshment will be served. For club details, visit the website www.steinfjell.com. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Loveland Reporter Herald. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.